0: Let's uh, let's pray, Father God. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that You are ever-present help in time of need. I thank You for the love in the body of Christ. Father, I thank You that Your Word does not return void. And Father, over the next few moments, I pray that You would just illuminate us by Your Word. God, let it come into our hearts, open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, Lord, and our feet to follow Your voice. And Father, I just uh, pray that You'd have me speak only what You speak, God, and that we would just move from this place, change, and that we would set this community on fire. For Jesus Christ. Somebody said, amen. amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 10, if you would. It's part of our Words in Red series. The title of this morning's message is Following His Voice. He is the Good Shepherd. And uh, you got your Bibles to John chapter 10. Somebody say, amen. amen. You guys are quick. All right. That's an iPhone for you. You just hit the button. But uh, life is precious. Life is so very precious, Uh, whether it be having a funeral, or we have, you know, one of our youth in an accident this week, or just thinking, you know, I'm having my new baby girl, and uh, you just look at life and you see the love of God and the church family, and you're talking with people, life is just precious. It's something to be valued, Uh, and we want to take an examination of our lives today and ask ourselves... Am I really living life to the fullest? There's a lot of stealing, there's a lot of killing, there's a lot of destruction in this world today, turn on the news, and it's not only between nations and ethnic and religious groups, it's between neighbors, it's between family members, uh, it's between spouses. And since the fall of man, this world offers nothing but conflict and strife and depression, Anxiety, stress, loneliness, you can keep going from disappointment to compli- just plain complication uh, in life. Sin makes life complicated. Uh, and the more sin that is in our life, the more complicated our life uh, becomes. But Scripture declares that at the end of the times, we know in these last days, love of men. Love is going to grow cold. It says that humanity, men's hearts will faint for fear of what's coming. And I want to ask us today, do we as the church stand apart and lead people and show people what life is supposed to really look like? And That's what we're talking about today. Uh, do we stand apart? Do we show the world what parenting is? Do we show the world what marriage is, what true friendship is? Uh, do we show them what full joy and peace and love and hope, sacrificial love? And do we live life abundantly in a world where life is often stolen away. And so just as God's Word spoke life into existence, His Word still speaks life to those of us who will listen. And for those who have been robbed of life today, you and I have a good shepherd, and He's ransomed us from death, and we only have to listen, that is, recognize, and follow His voice to abundance. And somebody say, amen. Amen. Let's look in John chapter 10, verse 1. John chapter 10, verse 1, where is he leading us today? Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep, and to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And When he puts forth all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow but flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now jump down to verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anybody enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. It's very awesome we're getting to this right after Easter because we just talked about how he laid down his life for his sheep. And what is Jesus saying here today about um, this shepherd, this good shepherd image? I you know our Wednesday night Bible study has been going through the 23rd Psalm. And for those of you uh, who were attending that uh, with Brother Ron, this is going to be even uh kind of add to what you've already learned but let's kind of look at the background here how many people own sheep nobody all right how many own goats we got one person in the back amen goat herder right there uh ancient sheep herders uh, did not use dogs for herding Uh, they led them ahead they led by walking ahead of them and calling them they didn't have dogs and they didn't have fences And so uh, it wasn't unusual for the sheep herders to give names to their sheep, Uh, just kind of like we name our dogs. Some of y'all probably name your cows and and different things like that. And they would name their sheep. And uh, every sheep, I didn't know this, but recognized its name or at least recognized their master's call. And so at night, all the shepherds would kind of come together and they would have a sheepfold. It was this a stone-walled-in area with a small door. And all the flocks would come in, and they'd put all their flocks in there overnight to protect them from the wolves and the thieves and all those kind of things. And one shepherd or a young man would lay at the door, and they would pay him to sleep overnight at the door so nothing would come in or out. And then in the morning, the shepherds would return, and they would call their own flock. All the flocks are mixed together. But they would stand at the door and call their sheep. And some of you know say, however you all call your cows or your dogs or whatever, I'm not going to try to imitate it, but they would call, uh, uh, my grandpa had cows, and all that. he would say, here, 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 and that's how he would do it, and that's what they knew, and they'd come running up to that barn. And so they'd say their call, and their sheep would come out from the other flocks and follow that single shepherd. And so uh, we kind of see that that's what, we're, what Jesus is talking about today. Each morning, each shepherd would call their sheep, and true shepherds would enter through the door and true sheep would follow their shepherd's voice. And that's what Jesus is talking about to hear. God had promised Israel, his flock, that he would be sending them a true shepherd, one like David, to reign as king and save them. But not only to save them, but to make them fruitful so they could multiply across this earth. And God has called Jesus Christ to be that shepherd. He has made, uh, sent His Son to be the good shepherd for us, not only to give us uh, eternal life, but a well-lived life here and now, and to be fruitful and to be multiplying. And so, what are we talking today? We're talking about being robbed of life. Jesus is talking about the thief. You know, even before people that normally when when someone dies young, we say, "Man, they were really robbed of life," but. Even today I think before anyone takes uh, anyone is taken from this world so many people today in this world are robbed of life whether it be living through pain living through uh, suffering, living with regret, uh, heavy burden, and it's really like there's just no joy. There's, they just You can see it on their face, and they're robbed of life, and some of it is not just poor people. You can go to third world countries, and they are living life abundantly, and then you come to someone in America who has everything, and you can see on their face, the life has just been drained out of them, whether it be circumstances, whether it just be uh, loss of things in this world, but... Perhaps today, maybe someone in this place feels robbed of life. Maybe, i do to ask this, are you content with your life today? Is your life and relationships complicated? Are you overcoming tough circumstances with joy? Do you have peace when it's stressful or hope for a better tomorrow? And do we fulfill, fulfilled in love even when we're alone? There's a A good shepherd today that even when we're alone in a dark room and it seems like no one else is around and that there's no one in your life who really, truly understands you or gets you, that's when the good shepherd steps in. There's an opposition, though, Jesus says, to your best life in God. Let's talk about that thief. He says, the thief comes. And what does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. There's an opposition you know, the church is under attack today, and there are thieves and robbers who come to steal, kill, destroy you and I. And Jesus spoke of this adversary, the devil, and false teachers who try to lead his people astray. And I want to kind of talk about this today, just feeling what well from the Lord, um, what does this have to do with us today? And I don't, you know, Satan is a thief, and he loves to steal us away from God, but what does he do? He uses half-truths, just like he did in the garden, and he doesn't really do anything, He tells you a half-truth, and then he watches you make the mistake and trip over your own two feet, and then it's your fault for falling. That's what Satan loves to do. Satan doesn't make you do anything. He tempts you, and he uses our own weakness against you, and that's this biggest scheme of the devil is that he comes sounding like one of the shepherds. He comes and he calls you to a place where it is unsafe to live, and then he watches you get devoured by the wolves, and so uh, some of this may appear through false teaching today, and I, 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 and it may not just be this. And I want to say, false teaching. Jesus spoke often of of the devil. And he spoke often of false teaching. But when I think of false teaching today for us, and here in Gina, Louisiana, and and in the Midwest and the South. It's not what we're talking about today. I'm not talking about uh, false religions where we could talk about Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or or Muslim or Hindu and all these other things. We could say, yeah, those are false doctrines, false religions. The thing that affects America most today is not a complete false gospel. It's a half gospel. It's a half truth. And it could be uh, people who say, this is how you should live your best life now. And it's this pop psychology or this uh, uh, proto-Christianity where it says uh, uh, here's the good parts only and this is how God just wants to live you. Uh, I know some people right now that I know, uh, I see and I've counseled with them going through uh, hard times in, in the past. And I know they're still living in sin, but they still quote a lot of these pop pastors who say God wants to bless you and all these different things. But yet the condition is not if I'm still living in sin. It's a half gospel, right? And so uh, it's something that we look at today, that there are many, many who can attend a Bible-based church, and I feel this today, that there are many attending Bible-based churches, even here in Gina, Louisiana, that are being led away because they cannot distinguish between the shepherd's voice and the thief's voice. So we can go to church all day long, but if we can't distinguish In the world today, between what is God saying and what is the world saying, we can become deluded in our opinions of Scripture. We can be deluded in our opinions of church, of faith, of life, of of marriage, of morality, and begin, so many Christians today are using the world's definition of things. Using the world's definition, uh, and it deludes them. For instance, what's right and wrong? What does success mean, and what is strength, what's self-worth, what's true beauty, what's marriage, what is sex, what is true love, what does happiness look like? Who defines abundant life for us as the church? Who tells us what abundant life is supposed to look like, what marriage is supposed to be, what true love is supposed to be, what intimacy is supposed to be? Who defines it for us, and are there any... Worldly definitions, is there anything blending from the outside coming in, trying to steal us away to a half-truth, a half-gospel, where the enemy is seeking and waiting to destroy us because we're not sold out to the Word of God. And I'm seeing this, you see, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul says this, but the Spirit explicitly says, in the later times, some will fall away of the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, and doctrines of demons. Nobody wants to demonize anybody, but these half-truths, I believe, is what Paul is talking about. 2 Timothy 4, 4, he says, They'll accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and turn away their ears from the truth, and turn aside to myths, things that are not true. And so today, are we robbed of life? And perhaps it may be because... There are things in our life that are not spoken and calling us, uh, the things that are spoken over and calling us, maybe they're not fully the Word of God. Can we distinguish between the voices today? And uh, you and I, we are God's sheep. We're called to live in a world of wolves. It's a world of violence, persecution, pain, and suffering. But we can live in God's peace. You and I, in a world of wolves, in a place where it seems so impossible to have a good marriage, so impossible to have kids that don't rebel, so impossible uh, to have friends who truly uh, care for you and won't stab you in the back, people who, who truly love you, it is possible if we follow His voice. And that's what we're talking about today. Jesus came that you and I might live in the victory of eternal salvation and be fruitful so what voices are we listening to today? Whose, device, whose advice do you and I depend on? And do we know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error? It's very serious today. i really I'll just be totally honest. I've, this is a, a great theme, I've felt, of the Holy Spirit, um, and, and just sensing for, for over a month now that there are so many, I'll be very serious, as your pastor, so many, not even just, I'm not talking uh, individuals or names or anything, but so many that I can count, that I know, uh, that things that, the reason we're not living abundant life is because we cannot distinguish between the Word of God and the Word of this world. What is the Spirit saying, and what does the Word of God say? And is the shepherd calling us to a better way of living. And maybe the way life is so complicated, maybe the reason that things hurt so much, maybe the reason I don't feel good is because I'm following something else. And that's what uh, Jesus is calling to say. He's the supplier of your life. He is the good shepherd. Look at John 10:14. He says, I am, another I am statement, the good shepherd. Everybody say good. Good shepherd, I know my own and my own know me. Man, it's good to know God. It's good to be known by God and it's good to know him. And he says good. What does good mean? Jesus says only God is good. It means that He's the godly shepherd. He is the perfect image of a shepherd. He's the perfect idea. He's true. He's faithful. He's just. He's fair. And He is looking out for you. Your your best interests are His. Uh, he, He has your best interests in mind. And There are many perverters of life, but there's only one good shepherd of your church. It ain't Heath Harris. It's God Almighty. It's Jesus Christ. He is your shepherd, Right? He's the only shepherd, and he's the only one who can call you into life abundantly. He's the only one that is to lead you into the fullest of life, and he knows, he says. What does it mean to know? You know, a shepherd would know his sheep intimately. Those of you who have livestock, you can probably tell the difference. When I look out in a field, I see cows. They're all cows to me. But a farmer probably knows, well, this cow has these spots here. He's got this kind of ear, and they probably even know their temperament. Don't get around this one when you're behind it. Or, you know, don't go over here. You know, this one eats real good and this one doesn't. This one doesn't like that cow. And that cow, don't want to be around this cow. Cows have temperament, right? And our animals have temperament. And Jesus, he says, I know my sheep. He knows your distinguishing characteristics. He knows what kind of food you like and you don't like. He knows what irritates you, what your buttons are to push and to not to push. He knows what smells you like and you don't like. He knows what kind of your favorite shoes are. He knows your, your, your traits, your personalities. He knows what will make you depressed, what will make you angry. He knows you, and He knows how to lead you. He knows how to feed you, and He knows how to take you to the very best places in your life where you will live abundantly. I should trust Him because of that. And says, so He's good, and He knows me. He knows my intimate details, my temperament. And to know something and know someone means a personal relationship. We throw those Christian jargons out there a lot. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. But it means to truly be known by Him. It means deep, personal intimacy. To truly know Him and to have Him know you. He knows what's best. And then look in verse 10, John 10, 10. He says that I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's only one God, there's only one good God, and there's only one God, and there's only one way to live, and He comes that you have life abundantly, and He becomes this sacrificial shepherd. You know, there can be so many people who love you and want to speak good things into your life. There may be even people who'll take a bullet for you, but there's only one person who died for you, so you would not die for eternity. There's only one person who can do that for you. And there may be a lot of people who can give you good advice, but there's only one person who can lead you into everlasting life, right? There's only one person whose advice should stand apart from all the rest. There's only one person whose, whose voice you should follow above all the rest, because he's the only one who could have died for you to take your sins away. He's the only one who loved you and was able to love you that much. And while our parents and our friends may love us and they say, man, I would die for you, there's only one person who could have really done it like Jesus Christ did, and that's him. And so he came as that sacrificial shepherd, giving up his own life to save his sheep. He's the author and the giver of life. And Jesus comes and he places his body between you and the enemy. Just like that shepherd who's going to stand in the defense of that wolf, Jesus comes at the defense of the law and the accuser and sin and death and you're here and He stands in the gap between you. He puts His body in place of yours. That's what He did. Man, when it was coming to attack you and kill you and destroy you, His body came to earth and stood in defense. That's what He did. His blood speaks a better word of all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. His righteousness for me stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. That's what he did. And so he doesn't just preserve our life. He imparts it. He tells us how it's best to live, how to save us, to give us eternal life but also how to instruct us to live the best life, the truly best life now. I know there's popular books with that title, but that's truly what he's come to do, is not only to give you a future and a hope, but to bless you here and now. And it's not some prosperity gospel. It's not some uh, pop psychology. It's if I follow his voice, the author of life will give me the best way to live. And so are we listening to his voice? Abundant life it's a life that's plentiful in God's spirit. It's a call to eternal living. You know, I, you have been called to live for eternity. Wow. You have been called to live for eternity. The Bible says this. He says that he promises you eternal life, John 3, 16. That you'll be raised up on the last day, John 6, 39. That he will not let you be lost, John eighteen nine. But he also calls you to better living now doesn't mean you're not going to go through the same thing in this midst of wolves that this whole world does. But there's a way that you can live abundant life in the midst of the storm. And he says that in the loving presence of God, he can take you to green pastures. He can feed you by the word of God. He can take you to still waters, to drink of the Holy Spirit. And he can take you to a place of security and provision in the midst of your enemies. Nobody else in the world can do that for you. He gives you spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical care. And no man or woman on this earth or of any position can provide for you what he alone can. True fulfillment, one author says, cannot be achieved by worldly standards or worldly thinking. You'll never, and I will never, be truly, truly fulfilled unless I follow his voice. like what Psalms 23 says. I won't read it, but I found this little paraphrase. And you might want to write this down. This is very good. Psalms 23, this author writes it this way. He says, Around me may be my enemies, but beneath me is green pastures. Beside me are still waters. With me is my shepherd. Before me, a full table. After me, goodness and mercy. But beyond me, the house of the Lord. I thought that was good. Around me, your enemies. Beneath you, green pastures. Beside you, still waters. With you is your shepherd. Before you is a full table. After you is nothing but goodness and mercy. And beyond you is the house of the Lord. Man, he fixes every angle, every side. Before, beyond, beyond, behind, beneath, above, and below. God wants to provide you everything to live life abundantly. And even if it's in the presence of your enemies even if it is in a, a dirty, filthy, life-killing, destructive world, that wants to take apart your marriage, your finances, your family, your health, everything, he can still say, in the presence of your enemies, I'm going to give you a full table. I'm going to have goodness and mercy follow you. I'm going to uh, uh, lead you to a place in the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit where you are full and safe and secure because I'm taking you to my presence see the shepherd stood ahead of the sheep and he called them forward everywhere you're going to go in life God's already been he's ahead of you on the journey he's calling you forward man that's good everywhere you've got to go he's already been whether it be a sickness you got to go through whether it be a, a loss whether it be a painful situation God's already walked through it and he's calling you ahead And in those situations, you can get dark and lonely, and you could say, God, where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go? Just listen. He's calling you forward. Man, that's good preaching. I don't know about y'all, but He is the way. He's the door. John 10, 9. I am the door. If anybody enters through me, he'll be saved and go in and out. See, that shepherd protected the sheep in that flock, in that sheepfold. He was the door. He was at the gate, and he made up the door. And he stood in the door, so the wolves couldn't get in. But then the sheep had to go through the door to get to green pastures. And so the shepherd would come to the door, the gatekeeper, and he would say, let my sheep out. I'm taking them today to a better place. We've, I, the door has protected them all night long, but the door now opens and leads them out. And Jesus, by saying that, he says, I am the way to take you to better places. I am the way to fulfill all your needs. I am the way to quench all of your thirst. And if you're trying to find happiness in this life, whether it be true fulfillment in your job or your status or your relationship or your marriage, and you think all those things will give you fulfillment, Jesus is saying, I am the only way to abundant life now and in eternity. He's the only way to abundant life now and eternity. In eternity. Man, so many Christians want to let Jesus take their future and God give me eternal life, but I want to live how I want to live right now. That's where the thief loves to live when you're living on your own conditions, living life how you want it to be lived, and you want to go roam out of that flock and you want to wander over here and try to, well, let me like some of that field, I like that grass over there, or like this hill over here. And then, where's the shepherd? He's the rod and thy staff. They protect me. They comfort me. You know, you and I can go out and enjoy abundant life today. There's a lot of green hills out there. There's a lot of green grass out there, especially when it rains this much. And there's a lot of abundant life we think that there is, but it's only when we recognize and follow His voice. Two words. Recognize His voice and follow His voice. I'm going to say this. There's a, a story here about a... American, who we're talking about led to life. An American, he was traveling in Syria, and he saw three native shepherds. I got to go to Israel uh, a few years ago, and uh, there are shepherds right outside of Israel in the Judean desert, still there. And American was traveling in Syria next to Israel, and he saw three native shepherds and bring their flock to this brook. And the flocks are drinking down there together, and, and at length one shepherd, he says, arose and called out, Minha, ha ha which in Aramaic apparently means follow me. And so his sheep came out of the common herd and followed him up the hill. And the next shepherd did the same. And his sheep went away with him. And the man did not even stop to count them, the shepherd. He, his sheep followed him. He didn't even count them. And so this traveler, this American, comes up to the shepherd and he says, You know, give me your turban and your crook, your staff, uh, and let me see if they'll follow me like they did you. And so he put on the shepherd's dress and he called out, Minha, Minha And not a single sheep moved. They don't even know a stranger's voice, is what he says. He says, and he asked them, and he said, Will your flock never follow anybody but you? And so the Syrian shepherd replied, Oh yes. Sometimes the sheep get sick, and then they'll follow anyone. Sometimes the sheep get sick, and then they'll follow anyone. Man, if that's not true, a sheep follows. A healthy sheep follows their master's voice, and he don't even need to count them. Where he leads, they follow. When he speaks, they listen. Where they trust him, but when they get sick, they'll follow anything and anyone. Are we sick today? Are there things in our life that are leading us astray? You know, sheep are ceremonial, clean animals. They are defenseless. They're peaceful. But the Bible says they're also stupid and ignorant. And so ladies, turn to your husband and say, you're just a sheep. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Man, they're defenseless. But one great hymn says they are prone to wander. Isaiah 53, 6 says this way. He says, all of us like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. Man, I want to go the shepherd's way. I want to return to the shepherd. I know in my life I've not done everything right. I know that I've wandered away at times and still focused. Sometimes I have these little issues where I start to listen to my own voice or the voice of some author or the voice of some circumstance. But, man, I want to follow the shepherd's voice. He's the good shepherd, and you know this good shepherd, when he sees his sheep wandering away, he's calling. He's always calling. And I want you to understand this. So many people take church, and they live it like a bunch of laws. You see, the good shepherd doesn't have a fence. When these shepherds would take their sheep out, there's no fence. It's just their voice. And we sometimes like to put that fence up to make me think, I'm okay, I'm I'm safe, I'm secure. We like, you know, the Old Testament had all these laws, and Israel had a fence. But when the shepherd comes, he's just leading. And the only thing that keeping you and I safe is following his voice. The only thing keeping your marriage secure is following his voice. The only thing keeping your parenting, your husbandry, your being a good wife, your being a good, uh, a good man or woman, finding true strength, happiness, joy, peace is listening to his voice. There are no, there are no walls. There are no restrictions. The Bible says we are free in Jesus Christ. But I have to follow his voice. Have to follow his voice. There's no fences. There's just his voice. And how do you know? John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me, and I give eternal life to them. They'll never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Some people like a list. Hearing and following. Following three ways to know am i listening to God's voice number 1 what does the bible say his voice is already written down for us if it doesn't agree with the word it's not true everything you believe has to be based in the word of God and no halfwayness and no nothing partially nothing that says well in this condition but or yes but or well in my case mm. no whatever the bible says whatever the bible says to be faithful to forgive when stabbed in the back to turn the other cheek i don't care what it is even if it don't sound good it's the only way to live life abundantly number two is the holy spirit he begins to speak he'll give you words he'll give you a peace that passes understanding and the holy spirit will never speak anything that doesn't go back to the word of god And we have a council of believers because sometimes I don't know if I'm hearing God's voice or maybe I'm misinterpreting His Word. And so a council of faithful, mature elders of the faith who've been through it all, they speak into my life. But they speak and it must agree with the Holy Spirit and then it must agree with the Word. You understand? All three have to be in agreement. And then I know this final test is the love test. Jesus does not lead us anywhere but to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbor as ourself. If it doesn't promote love, it's not God. And if these three aren't in agreement, it's not God. Sometimes I've had people come into my office and say, Well, this is what the Spirit says to me, and I found this verse in the Bible. Then I say, No. That's not what it was. That's not God. You're following a different voice, and then they run out all mad, because the pastor told them something they didn't want to hear. There has to be agreement with what the word says, what the Spirit says, what a counsel, of we have to submit to the authority in the church, of the elders, uh, in the body of Christ, and we have to say, does this promote the love of God? Not just for me, but for my brother and my sister, for my husband. For my wife does it make me love them more does it make me love my coworkers more does it make me does it give god glory where are you being led today miss t if you'd come back where are you being led today his thoughts are not always our thoughts his ways are not always our ways but the more time i spend with him the easier it is to hear his voice man i want to be so familiar with his voice that I recognize when He's speaking. And I recognize when He's not speaking. So familiar with the and sensitive to know the Word of God so much, to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to submit under the authority of people who love me and who are walking the life that God's called them to walk. Faithful believers. And to say, God, where are you leading me? God, where are you taking me? No fences, no borders, just... His voice, just His voice. Are you led by the Good Shepherd today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Perhaps the thief has been speaking into your life, trying to steal you away. Maybe today you're unhealthy in your spiritual walk and you can't tell the difference between the voice of truth and the voice of error. They're saying to to give up, to give in. To think of yourself, save yourself, do what works for you, make sure you're okay. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life abundantly. Follow my voice. I've already walked ahead for you. I've got a table prepared for you. I've got streams of living water waiting for you. The Word of God will feed you. Goodness and mercy will follow you, and I will be there with you. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. What is the Spirit speaking to you today? What is the Word confirming in you today? Maybe you've not been eating so well on green pastures and you think, man, all I've noticed is the presence of my enemies. All I've noticed is the devil's work in my life. All I've noticed is trial and turmoil and complication and I just feel robbed of life. The Master is calling His sheep. He's always speaking. He knows how best to feed you if you'll recognize And then obey, follow His voice. Even when you don't agree with it, follow His voice. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, I pray today, Lord, I just pray in the next moment as the Holy Spirit begins to speak over every single person here today, God, that you will bring restoration. God, that you will bring fulfillment, true joy, true peace.